Hi, I'm Mona Cope. Um, I'm really nervous about this. So, um, In opening, I want to just say that God is faithful, even when we're not. He will never leave you, even when you turn your back on him. And if you allow him, he is the great healer and the great rebuilder. My parents met while Daddy was in the Army. My mother worked at an ice cream shop, and he walked in one day, and he saw her. He asked, him, asked her to uh, go out with him, and she said, I don't know anything about you, and he proceeded to lay all of his identification out on the countertop. <laughs> and he said, now, you know about me. Will you go out with me? Of course, she said yes. In 1958, my... Um, they were married January of 1958. In July, my sister was born. And shortly after, in 1960, my brother was born in January. And I was born in June of 1962. I was raised in Denver, Colorado, in a godly home, a strict Baptist home. No cussing, no drinking, no dancing. I can remember going to church on Sundays and Wednesday nights, and quite often we would spend the Sunday afternoons gathered around the piano singing all gospel songs. I accepted Jesus into my heart in sixth grade at a church camp and was baptized the next Sunday at church. We also enjoyed camping, fishing, going to the lake and boating and water skiing with friends trips to Arkansas to visit our relatives. Whereas city slickers got our country learning. <laughs> My self-esteem was destroyed at an early age. For as long as I can remember, I was compared to my older sister. She's tall, beautiful, talented, short, I'm short, plain, not talented, a tomboy. She got A's and B's in school, and my brother and I struggled to get C's and D's. I can still hear the words ringing in my ears. Why can't you be more like your sister? I grew up, I was believing, I was ugly and stupid. In junior high, a guy that I liked came to our house one day. He looked at my sister's picture and he asked me if there was anyone else like her around. A dagger to my young heart. My freshman year of high school, I often heard myself referred to as a pirate's dream. You see, I hadn't blossomed yet. I was flat as a board. And I can remember things being said about me, like, if you turn sideways and stick your tongue out, you could pass as a zipper. Well, between my summer and my freshman, or between the summer, between my freshman and sophomore years, I finally blossomed. I made it over five foot and was never referred to as a pirate stream again. I met my high school sweetheart in my junior year. I couldn't believe a guy that cute could be interested in me. We dated over the next two years, much to my parents' dismay. I was constantly defending his actions or lack thereof to my parents. I graduated in May of 80, and we were married in October of 81. We lived in the A-frame um, above the apartment, an A-frame apartment, above the KOA campground store that his parents owned in Strasbourg. Small. 
Um, his parents lost the campground in 83, and we moved in with my parents for six long months until we can afford to move to an apartment. My ex was obsessed with working out. I was required to stay shapely. Whenever I started to gain weight, he would let me know with slight little comments. One day late into our marriage, I was getting dressed and he walked up behind me and he pinched the skin on my fat and proceeded to tell me I was getting rolls. Shortly after we moved out of my parents' house, much to my horror, I discovered his addiction to pornography. I had no one to talk to about it. And me being the attention-starved person that I was, and not wanting to fail in my marriage, and not wanting my parents to say, I told you so, believing in the good that I could see in him, and thinking, I can turn him around. However, it was just the opposite. I kept thinking, if I just give in to this one little thing, then he will love me more. And slowly but surely, I gave myself my identity away, and I let him drag me into that deep, dark, ugly world. He had a bad temper, and everything was turned back on me and became my fault. Nobody knew we were leading double lives. We were active this whole time during, in church. I made it look like everything was normal on the outside. But on the inside, I was dying. It made it difficult to have any close friends, and I kept everybody at arm's length for fear that they would find out about our dark secret. We were blessed with our son in 82. In 84, we were blessed with our oldest daughter. I went to dental assisting school, and shortly after, I had barely graduated in 85 when I was in a bad car accident, and I walked around with my head on my neck for the next three months, or on my shoulder for the next three months. Um, at that time, I was told I couldn't continue my job, but I did. In 89, we were blessed with our third child, Michelle. She was a surprise. I had gone to see my doctor about getting my tubes tied because we didn't want any more children. He came into the room with a grin on his face, and he asked me, what are you here for? I said, well, to talk about getting my tubes tied. He says, we'll talk about that later. Right now, we have to talk about your prenatal care. <laughs> my ex was furious when I told him I was pregnant. Shortly after his birth, we moved into an apartment across the street from my parents. This is where I first met Mike. Our kids went to school together, and he lived next door to my parents, and we lived in the apartments across the street from them until he moved his family to Kansas. In 1984, my ex and I bought our first house, 
A year after we moved in, I started getting sick. Weird dizzy spells, sinus, colds, migraines. My emotions and moods were going crazy. I thought I was going crazy. I could literally poke myself in the eye and not even know that I was doing it other than to see the ripples. I was tested for all kinds of things, including lupus and MS, all of which came back negatives. This went on for 10 years. I finally, um, the doctor that I worked for, he sent me to an ear, nose, and throat specialist. He cultured my sinuses and found mold and candidas in them. We had our house tested and found out that it was full of mold. It was in the walls. It took two treatments of fogging the house before it came down to livable conditions. In 2001, my daddy suffered what's called a triple A. It's where the garden hose in your body that feeds your blood to your body, it ruptured at home. And they told us he was five minutes from passing away when we got him to the hospital. He spent 58 days in ICU, and every single one of them were touch and go. While he was there, my mother, sister, and brother and I would gather around his bed, and we would sing. We knew he could hear us, and we would sing to encourage him to stay with us. And we were blessed with 20 more years with him. In 2003, we were granted our first grandbaby, Emily. In 2005, we lost my sister's baby boy in Iraq. His name was Chad, and our family was devastated. In 2007, I shattered a disc in my neck and had to have a plate placed. After that, I couldn't do my dental assisting job anymore. At the same time, my ex lost his job and had to take a job that was half the pay. In 2008, we lost the house, and our marriage started really falling apart, even though I didn't want to admit it. In 2011, we were blessed with our second granddaughter, Natalie. In 2012, our first grandson, Blake. In 2012, on my birthday, my ex came to me and said that he's not going to sign another lease with me on the house that we were renting at the time. I remember asking him, what are we going to do? That's when he told me he would live in his car if he needed to, and he didn't care what I did. I found out later that he'd already been looking at apartments with another woman that was two years older than our oldest child. How could he do this to me? after all that I had given up for him. I was angry, devastated, but I had to learn to forgive. It wasn't easy, but it was necessary. Hanging on to that anger didn't hurt him any at all. It was only hurting me. In 2013, our divorce was final and I was finally free to spend time with my family, which I hadn't been able to with since we were married. I posted on Facebook we were getting a divorce, and Mike came back into the picture. We kept in touch off and on over the years. In 2014, after I'd lost a couple of jobs due to illness and depression, Mike offered for me to live with him 
in Topeka. I had to make the difficult decision to leave my family home, behind just when I got them back and start my life over in Kansas. In 2015, I got a call from my youngest daughter who was pregnant at the time. She was going in for emergency C-section. She'd had a maternal fetal hemorrhage. Hazel Grace was born. She stayed with us for nine days, and then she went to be with Jesus. During that time, learning to pray, thy will be done, was the toughest thing that I could do. I'd started attending TPC with Mike when I moved out here. I attended the divorce care class and came out engaged. <laughs> Something that didn't go over well. Um, my God, who is ever faithful and merciful and gracious, began blessing me with things that Satan had earlier stolen. In 2015, I found a job. Mike and I got married in 2016, and we bought a house. We love fishing and camping and fishing and riding motorcycles. And did I mention fishing? <laughs> we also that year were blessed with a grandchild, with grandson number two, Chad. He was named after my, baby, my sister's baby boy. Grandson number three, Gideon. One day, uh, on a Friday afternoon in May of 2018, I was making plans to take the dogs and go fishing at the lake like I usually do when it was warm. I had a seizure in the backyard. We figure I lost about an hour and a half that I don't know anything about. Resulted in the finding of a brain tumor. I had that removed. And before I had been getting uh, horrible migraine headaches, so bad that it would make my left side of my face droop, and I could barely hold my left eye open. I haven't had a migraine since I had surgery. And that same year, we were blessed with granddaughter number four, Victoria Grace. Later that year in October, my daddy said, enough is enough. We took him home to hospice, and two weeks later, he went to be with Jesus. In January of 19, 2019, I attended a wellness revelation class given by Valerie Tolan. During that class, I told God if, I could use his, if he could use my story to help someone else, I would be willing to tell it. Well, you better be careful what you tell God. Because a year later... Miss Connie contacted me. After Connie read through my story, my journey, she asked me how I kept my faith. 
It wasn't about me. It's because God never gave up on me. There were a lot of dark days. I was mad, angry, and often I believed God's grace was for everyone else but me. A lie from Satan. Somehow he kept calling me back, and I've learned to find my identity in him alone, and he is rebuilding me. My loss may be great, but my God is greater. Looking back, God is restoring everything that Satan has stolen from me. My identity, my husband, my family, my home, and my youngest daughter that lost the baby. Well, as Connie said, she's been blessed with triplets. Triplet girls, who are now, this is a month old. Um, They're six months old now. So, and they were born the same month that Hazel Grace was. So, I came across a story that I want to share with you, if I have time. Okay. It's called Gracefully Broken. I was in the Dollar Tree last night, and there was a lady with two kids behind me in a long line. One was a big kid, and one was a toddler. The bigger one had a pack of glow sticks, and the baby was screaming for them. So mom opened the pack and gave him one, which stopped his tears. He walked around with it smiling and shaking and waving it around. Till the boy took it back, the older boy took it back. Mom was about to get onto him, but then the older boy bent the glow stick and handed it back to the baby. As we walked outside at the same time, the baby noticed that the stick was glowing, and his brother said, I had to break it so you could get the full effect from it. I almost ran because I could hear God saying to me, I had to break you to show you why I created you. You had to go through it so you could fulfill your purpose. That little baby was just a happy swing in the unbroken glow stick around in the air because he didn't understand what it was created to do was to glow. There are some people who will be content just being, but some of us that God has chosen, we've been broken. We have to get sick. We have to lose a job. We have to go through a divorce. We have to suffer with disease of addiction. We have to bury our spouse, parents, best friends, our children, grandchildren. But in those moments of desperation, God is breaking us. And when the breaking is done, then we will be able to see the reason for which we were created. So when you see us glowing, just know that we've been broken but healed by his grace and his mercy. Thank you.